Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we bring you season 13 of Album for the Day, we come to you after one year of episodes... We did not have an episode on June the 30th of last year, but mm-hmm. every other day we did. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I think that we've, we've definitely got a hold of something and knowledge is power. And uh, I have filled my cup this year. <laughs> so we're bringing you uh, a second edition of uh, what we consider our Choice cuts, greatest hits, uh, our favorite episodes after one year. After the entire year, going back and looking at everything that we've done, it was really kind of cool um, learning about a lot of different genres of music, people I wouldn't normally listen to, um, albums I wouldn't normally listen to, you know, and it, it, it was just, it was really cool to go through that list. It was and, an easy way to step outside the box a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. And uh, I... I really enjoyed uh, every every episode, man. Yeah. Won't say I enjoyed every album. I, I think we established not. that. <laughs> I definitely did not. But these are, again, not necessarily what we would consider the greatest albums that we covered in a year, but our favorite episodes. So enjoy. And June the 3rd, we're coming at you with another stackable. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we revisit our Unplugged's. Oh, man. These are two of the best live albums. Nirvana and Alice in Chains. We did Nirvana on August the 1st and Alice in Chains on August the 30th. We sandwiched our live return of live music month Mm -hmm. with these two. And there was just no other way to do it. No, there's not. Uh, And especially from our generation, um, these were two of the most influential bands at the time um, with front men who, you know, went way 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 too soon um and both of these you know both of these concerts which were filmed and, and recorded were um, pretty much their last performances very pivotal yeah very uh momentous performance occasions for both groups mm-hmm. and there's a lot of special easter eggs and oh. fun stuff we talk about and it just comes down to like do the Pepsi challenge on these two albums. Mm-hmm. Like what you could, you could go either direction on it on, on different days because mm-hmm. they're both so fantastic. Great. Not even, not just well played, but well thought out. Even the set lists of both of these, mm-hmm. how they flow is just like, Ooh, it's the like, I get the chills. Jerry Cantrell had the flu yeah. and was puking in a, yeah, he's like that's his Michael Jordan playoff moment. Yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Ooh. It's so dude. They're 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 just so good, and it's almost like you can't talk about one without talking about the other. That's how good of shows that they both were. Yeah, I end up talking about them both in in the same conversation every time. Oh yeah, I uh, 
just everything, you know, the Allison Chains one had, you know, uh, Mike Inez's bass had writing on it. Like mm. everything about yeah. both of those is so special yeah. and meaningful 20 something, almost 30 years later. Yeah. 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 Definitely check these out. And, uh, man, just get, get ready to just sit down and, and if you're a musician dream of being this good one day <laughs> and leave your stereo plugged in. <laughs> Album for the day, August 1st, as we start a new theme and celebrate the return of live music worldwide. August, we will be celebrating not necessarily the best, but some live albums that we think deserve some attention. And we start this list with MTV Unplugged in New York from Nirvana. Released November 1st, 1994. The actual performance was at Sony Music Studios in New York City on November 18th, 1993. And it's a doozy. It's just, I mean, the whole thing is just a slap in the face to everybody. Oh, it's so good. The thing that I love about this album the most is that when everybody was going in and doing their MTV unplugs and all this, it was just like they'd go in and play their greatest hits just with acoustic instruments, you know? And it was like they played everything the same and do this, whatever. Nirvana goes in and absolutely flips the script on the whole thing where they played one song that was a hit for them come as you are because all apologies hadn't even been released as a single yet from in utero so basically they played one hit one song people unless you really knew their catalog they played one song that you knew and they covered they had six covers six that was almost half of the show was covers which nobody did that and it was just one of those things where they wanted to show the audience and all of us that weren't at that show who who they were, where they came from, who they listened to. I mean, they're playing covers from the Vaselines, David Bowie, the Meat Puppets, and Lead Belly. So the great thing is that they had been trying to get them to do that for some time, and... Kurt repeatedly said no, but he was touring with the Meat Puppets and decided to accept the offer, and I'm sure that he tied that in somehow because they're playing three Meat Puppets songs and they with play, them they, there. Yeah, they're on stage with him yeah. playing the songs. And um, they also insisted, I guess Kurt insisted, on using a fuzz pedal and playing through an amp which yeah. went in the face of the acoustic thing that the series had kind of been known for. And it's not super egregious. No, um, I don't think so. The whole time, you can most tell on the David Bowie cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the thing that I've, that I've heard about this is that Kurt was going through a very big... Um, Detox? Yes, withdrawal. 
um, at the time of practice and you whatever. Potato. Yeah. And um, basically, that was kind of like his crutch. Was he was extremely an- anxious about playing strictly acoustic, and so he played an acoustic, you know, with pedals, um, just as like a a crutch. But that cover wouldn't have been the same. That song wouldn't have been the same. No, if he didn't have that. So and, they actually took the uh the pedal board in front of him and like built a faux thing around it yeah. so it looked like a monitor. Yeah. So if you're watching it and you're like, there's no pedals there. Yeah, they hit it nice. There's That's a that, monitor. That MTV's sneaky, y'all. <laughs> they are. We'll get to more of their sneakiness yeah. in this uh month. Yeah. But the uh the the show itself it won uh the best Alternative Performance Grammy. Uh, also, it was Nirvana's only win of a Grammy. If you, that doesn't make any sense to me, but but that's the truth. Um, but we talked about the, uh, the the Meat Puppets playing with them. Uh, they also had Pat Smear uh, play with them, and uh, Lori Goldstein was the cello player that played with them for the for the show. Uh, Pat Smear, you'll know from the Foo Fighters, and he he actually toured um, with Nirvana later in their career um, just to fill out the sound more, and so so that Kurt wasn't the entire guitar section guitar section of the band. Um, but uh, one of the other kind of weird decisions made by Kurt for this uh, performance is uh, he said that he wanted to. A large chandelier with stargazer lily, lilies and black candles um, around the performance. And to, they said, like a funeral? And that is exactly what he said. Uh, and so the whole show was kind of in support of a funeral. And this was actually the first posthumous release by Nirvana after... Kurt Cobain sadly committed suicide. Well, I think it's important to point out that this broke a lot of rules and set a new standard. Even in his absence, the gravity of this album on the music industry, rock music in general, um, and specifically the impact that it had to say, hey, artist, why are you playing 12 Greatest Hits? Do something interesting. Be creative. You bore me. Be creative. That's what I felt like he was saying to everyone who'd done Unplugged already was, you bore me. The other factor of this is a lot of other artists went back to their recordings and either re-recorded parts of it, made alternate takes of it, or recorded overdubs on top of the material. This is one shot. Nirvana MTV Unplugged is one single take. And And there's a couple of screw-ups, and you hear them. Yeah, and and they move on. The producer of the show, they walked off a stage after uh, Kurt Cobain saying the most heart-wrenching version of Lead Belly 
that you will ever hear. Uh, after he sings this, this moment of rock and roll perfection, he hits this note that causes the band, the audience, everyone it, it, that was there just stirred. It was just silence, and it was just like this moving moment of perfection. He says shiver the whole night Sh- through, and everyone, everyone in the room shivered. Just, ooh, it gets you, and he, he looks up with those blue, just piercing eyes, and it's just like, whoa, we are seeing something happen here. Something special. He And then they end the show, and he walks off stage. The producers tried to get him to come out for an encore, and Kurt Cobain was like, there's nothing I can do that will ever beat what I just did. There's nothing I can do. It's over. The show's over. You want me to and, top that? Yeah, like, and, and, I, and, I, and I applaud him for not getting up and saying, yeah, okay, let's go try one. That, and the show, the show is truly a masterpiece. So this almost didn't come out in this form. They were piecing together a collection of live stuff called Verse, Chorus, Verse. And this was going to be a part of it, but not a singular piece by itself, freestanding. And after Kurt died, Dave and Chris said that it was just too much. They couldn't go through and pick out all that stuff. So they scrapped the project and instead released this. Mm -hmm. What a shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot of live albums I would put in this category of how unbelievable they are. Not, not only because of how, how it's performed, but it's by what is performed, when it was performed, the creativity that went along with this, the decisions made, the covers that they chose, everything about it was... Uh, just it's without question to me, perfect decisions. I would agree. Yeah. I, I think that it's a lot of risks that they chose and they were calculated mm-hmm. risks as well as accidental victories. Mm-hmm. And this album you could hold this album up against any other album we talk about this month. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In its own way, it stands up against each one of them. Absolutely. Well, to get uh, our new category of live albums kicked off, uh, we're starting with a big one. Um, So August 1st album for the day is MTV Unplugged by Nirvana. Uh, Be sure to give us a like, follow, subscribe. Let us know what your favorite albums are. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Shiva! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
album for the day, August 30th, as we continue with the return of live music. Today, we spotlight the second of this month, MTV Unplugged. Today, we do Alice in Chains. Oh, yeah. And this was recorded April 10th of 1996 at the Brooklyn Academy of Music and their Majestic Theater. It first aired on MTV on May 28th of 1996. It debuted at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200. It is certified platinum. This is the first Alice in Chains concert in two and a half years. Man, you know, everybody always talks about the Nirvana MTV Unplugged. We did that earlier this month. And I would do the Pepsi Challenge with this album any day of the week because there's moments, there's days that I had that I put Nirvana's above this one. And there's a lot more days that I have this one above that one because it's so good. Um, when he comes out and sing in Nutshell, it's just this. For them to be this brilliant and not have played in two and a half years, yeah. for it still to be so, you know, reticent in there. Yeah, it, it, I mean, Lane Staley is haunting in the whole, the whole show. He's haunting. And Jerry Cantrell, I mean... His Jerry good, Cantrell was sick yeah. when they recorded this. And if you get to see it, um, there's a little receptacle on the floor next to him that was put there, and it looks real unobtrusive. And if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't know it was there for him to puke in in case he had to. Mm-hmm. But his harmonies with Lane Staley... His guitar playing is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Mike Inez playing the bass is just so good, and Sean Kenny—he's the most one of the most underrated drummers uh, that there is. Um, his and they're great together. Oh yeah, I mean even his, like his percussion on um, everything from No Excuses to—it's uh, just you're just sitting there going, wait. What you, you don't you just don't realize? How well, you don't really get to focus on that so mm-hmm. much on the studio stuff mm-hmm. because the focus is on Lane and Jerry mm-hmm. pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, Alice in Chains wouldn't be Alice in Chains without the bass and the drums. Mm-hmm. Yep, true statements. Um, yeah, this is one of those do not miss. Records. Uh, this is one of the best live shows that's ever been put on the tape. <laughs> there's a there's a few other Easter eggs about it. Um, this is their first appearance as a five piece band. They mm-hmm. added a second guitarist, Scott Olson. Um, Jay commented that it's the ugliest guitar he's ever seen. It's so bad. Um, and I'm not going to argue with that, but I'm not going to argue the point at all. Um, Lane wanted to make sure that the set was uh, dark and wonderful like Alice in Chains' music so he actually bought the candles himself at Seattle's Pike Place Market and brought them to New York to the Majestic (laughs) Theater in Brooklyn 
so, so um, this like was to, pre-TSA. I don't know how much they actually gave a crap about that, yeah. but... I'd like to check this bag of 55 what, candles. What you doing with all them candles, buddy? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Inez's bass has written on it, mm-hmm. Friends Don't Let Friends Get Friends Haircuts. Mm-hmm. And this was directed at Metallica, who had recently cut their hair for load. Yeah. And we're in the audience. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yes. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not the only Metallica thing in the show either. Like, Mike and Sean played a little Inner Sandman before yeah. saying, we're going into an LL Cool J video. Yeah. Which they premiered an LL Cool J video in, in the there. middle of Alice in Chains Unplugged. Yeah. But uh, Jerry also played a little intro to Battery mm-hmm. um, before Angry Chair and played a weird little, the Senator, yeah, that. Yeah, they cut they cut Angry Chair from the original uh, release. They cut it and then they put it back in on the reissue. They did the same thing with the song Frogs uh, and Killer Is Me, sorry. There was three songs that they cut. And then they put them back in on the re-release, which, you know, like, dude, don't, don't, don't fuck with it, in my opinion. But whatever, you know, especially a song like Angry Cheer. I mean, it's... I got to say, you know, that was one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because that wasn't necessarily one that you heard all over the radio. I know. You heard Wood, you heard No Ro- Excuses. Rooster. You heard rooster all of that stuff but like angry chair wasn't really hugely popular that was Mm -hmm. kind of you know like the meat puppet song Mm -hmm. uh, that they threw out there and i thought it was great Mm -hmm. in fact i think i like this version better than the actual original studio version yeah yeah this is a fantastic one it's a good one to end the uh end the month on i think it's a good one um well, album for the day today, uh, August the 30th, is the MTV Unplugged of Alice in Chains. Uh, be sure to give us a like, follow, subscribe. Let us know what your favorite albums are. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. If I would, could you. After starting the podcast, you can search for the album. Use the three dots and hit add to queue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!